0: Hello, and welcome to Wi-Fi Optional, the weekly tech show where we talk tech so you don't have to. This is episode 20, recorded Tuesday, April 5th, 2016. My name is Rikshan Wajaratna, and through the interwebs, um, as always, tonight is Mr. Jason Watercott. Hi there, Jason. Hello, sir, and a uh, happy birthday to you as well. Oh, <laughs> thank you, uh, <laughs> Like I was telling Jason before, everything has uh, has slowed down as of today, so uh, my response time is is significantly um, diminished.
1: <laughs> I'm just excited to go have a drink with you now that you're 21 years old. So it's, right, should be, exactly, it should be a good time.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, I want to see if they'll they'll actually card me now.
1: <laughs> You've you shaved your hair close enough; the gray is not showing as much, so you yeah, might be able to pass right. by. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a uh,
0: a lot of uh, news in the in the tech world this week. Uh, we our uh, show script was so chock full. We had to actually go through and and prune a whole bunch of a uh, bunch of articles. Um, some really some some things that we actually expected and and talked about a few weeks ago. But uh, there's also some uh, some very interesting. Uh, uh, advances in, in some technologies and some companies coming up with some pretty crazy, crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, it's uh we, we we kind of usually throw articles at it and weed it out. But this week, like you said, it was, a, it was even a larger group of, of them that we had to kind of weed through. So um, kind of the same, the same stories um, have kind of still come through um, with encryption and things like that. But uh, some new stuff that kind of popped up as well. So it should be kind of interesting. Well, let's bring the news. Um, as I kind of alluded to, uh, one of the articles uh, that has uh, kind of been around for one of the, the, the storylines has been around for the last couple of weeks, uh, the FBI and the uh, their iPhone scenario with the San Bernardino killers um, device. Um, the FBI has told local law enforcement agencies that will provide technical assistance to unlock iPhones in criminal cases around the U.S. when permitted by law. In a, letter, in a letter to local law enforcement, the FBI said it understood the challenges uh, of suspected criminals going dark, quote-unquote. Uh, a metaphor the FBI has report, uh, repeatedly used to describe its inability to read messages when tapped communications. Uh, the letter was sent just days after the government formally dropped its legal action against Apple, which refused to rewrite software that uh, CEO uh, Tim Cook said would be un- undeniably create a back door for every modern iPhone and iPad. Uh, The government found an outside party um, thought to be uh, the former, or thought to be the race is raised celebrate, which has been able to uh, bypass security features embedded in the iPhone uh, used by one uh, is such the San Bernardino shooters. Days later, the FBI agreed to help Arkansas prosecutors unlock the iPhone, another iPhone, using the new phone solution. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they're willing to help um, their own kind, but yet it's untrue or unseen whether or not they're going to release this information to Apple uh, to um, you know see if they can um, you know almost uh, see if they can fix these things in the future. It's interesting who they're who they're really helping in this situation. I find it interesting that when
0: the FBI brought the lawsuit and they said, you know, this lawsuit is just going to be for this one particular phone. That's it. And that's this. And this exactly what's going on is what Tim Cook was was fighting all along. He said, if if, if we create something, we're handing you the, the golden key and that's going to unlock every single every other iPhone. And they're like, no, 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 we, that's not what we want. We're going to specify in this lawsuit that this is for that this particular phone. And. But then what's happening right now is exactly what was predicted. If if you create that master key, you're going to be able to unlock just about every phone. Now, the caveat to this is the FBI still has not come out and, and said what they used or how they unlocked the phone. And Apple is is very interested in their sitting there with bated breath to find out. Um, I'm interested to see if Apple is going to take the the legal side and go, oh, well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna play this game too. We're gonna file a lawsuit saying that we need to find out how you did it. Um, but it's uh, uh, it's amazing to see how the 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 story changes. It's like, oh well, now we have the access to it. Well, yes, now we know we we can break into phones, so we're gonna let everybody know. The um, tagging right along with that and we talked about this uh, what this the, the next article or um, the gist of the next article in weeks a couple of weeks ago whatsapp um, which is uh, for anybody that uh, is is unfamiliar it's it's a huge there's over a hundred million users um, it's a huge uh, a global, uh, messaging platform. You're not restricted geographically to a certain country or anything like that. It's, it's free. It used to be 99 cents a year, uh, but they took that out. It's free. So it's, it's, it's very commercialized and very popular among the, the teens and the masses. Uh, WhatsApp today um, announced, actually, their their uh, founders, Brian Acton and Jan Coombe, together with a high-minded coder and cryptographer who goes by the pseudonym Moxie Marlin Spike, revealed that the company has added end-to-end encryption to every form of communication on its service. This means that if any group of people um, uses the latest version of WhatsApp, whether the group spans to two people or 10, the service will encrypt all messages, phone calls, photos, and videos moving among them. And that's true on any phone that runs the app, from iPhones to Android phones to we know it's phones to the old school Nokia flip phones with the end to end to end encryption in place. Not even WhatsApp employees can read the data that's sent across its network. In other words, WhatsApp has no way of complying with the court order demanding access to the content of any message, phone call, photo or video traveling through the, its its service. Um Shortly after this came out, you know, the internet lit up, and uh, people started digging into the WhatsApp terms and conditions, and they found out that WhatsApp still does keep track of the date time, uh, the the number uh, tied to the person sending the message and the number tied to the person receiving the message. So that information is still stored. Um, I'm assuming they probably need that for uh, you know error, error error logging or if there's a problem to to go back but what they don't actually or what they can't track I should say is the content and I think this we talked about this with you know I think we we mentioned that Apple might be taking this path but um, looks like whatsapp already jumped into it
1: yeah, I want to first say that uh, Moxie Marlinspike Spike has got to be the best um, cryptographer hacker name I've ever heard. It sounds like something where you'd click a generation button and th- that's what would pop up. Like, I want my name to be two Ms. <laughs> <laughs> Moxie Marlin Spike. But anyways, um, on a side note, uh, yes. So they um, we, we talked about Apple doing this on a larger scale with their whole iOS or their whole app and being, um, you know, instead of being locked down by a key that they hold just being a, an anonymous key that that only the user has or, or in this case, basically nobody has. Um, and it seems like WhatsApp's kind of gone that route. And um, it, it seems like even like you alluded to their their parent company now, which is Facebook, um, has even um, been found. Some people found the code from their their up, or newly updated message app from the iPhone um, shows that they're um, looking into doing something very similar um, I don't know if that's for the payment service they're going to add or if that's just um you know kind of uh, going along the same lines as whatsapp but um, I think it's a really great idea um it, it just washes their hands of having to deal with those those questions and the weird things that security and the FBI brings nowadays with um you know people putting those disclaimers on their on their yearly um I can't think what I'm trying to think what the word is but the, the yearly statements that Businesses come out with they say you know we've had zero to two hundred and fifty requests by the FBI um, yeah. for data, uh, the canary in the coal mine kind of thing. You know that this right. is kind of washes their hands of all that information. The, the warrant canary,
0: yeah, yeah. And then um, the but the interesting part is uh, there's there's people that actually see it from from the other side too. They say okay, fine, you're going to encrypt that. That's great, but. This can actually be a valuable tool when it comes to fighting crime. Well, I, yes, I do see that, but I I think what's also happening is they're kind of overstepping the boundary going, well, Wes, we can do it. So we're going to apply it to, to every possible situation versus, you know, applying it to a situation that actually warrants it. Um, and as far as the Facebook messenger goes, I can see Facebook turning it into a model where they have two types of, of messaging. They have a a free messenger that's, um, unencrypted and maybe they keep logs or they don't, or if they wanted to, they could pull and they could go with the, with a paid model where that's going to be encrypted, just like, uh, WhatsApp and with WhatsApp, uh, being owned by Facebook, uh, it will be extremely simple for them to just integrate the two. They already have everything done on the on the WhatsApp side that's going to be encrypted. The only thing they would have to do is actually just uh, um, integrate the payment portal onto the Facebook side, and then ta-da! Now you now you got a um, a system that actually is is revenue generating at the same time is you know encrypted. Um, and there's other products that are popping up in the in the market to Zipsim. Um, is, is another product that came, that uh, is being promoted right now. Uh, ZipSim runs on T-Mobile's network, works with any unlocked phone that supports T-Mobile's network, and comes in all of the various SIM card sizes. You order it from ZipSim.us. The plans aren't the cheapest you'll find, but what you're paying for here is privacy. Basically, you pop the SIM in, fire the phone up. Um, it takes over. It says, what's your zip code? points a zip code in, and it gives you a, a number. And that's essentially all the information that it wants. And then, you know, you can use it when you're done, throw the SIM card away, get a new one. Um, it does not keep track of who you are, who you're calling or, or who's calling you. So there, there are products that are, that are popping up. And, and I find it interesting that the one uh, lawsuit that FBA and, and Apple had starts bringing up all these other entities.
1: Yeah, and and you, you kind of alluded to it somewhat, but the, the thing that I I take from all these these stories and all these little articles that we kind of rolled in this one little topic here is that no matter what you do, in the case of like the San Bernardino phone and and wanting to create backdoors into things, is you know encryption isn't bad because in the end. Anybody can make encryption happen. I mean, if they're able to roll it all on WhatsApp on everything for everything they do and, and all these other people are, are working on it, you know, even the zip sims being disposable, someone's always going to find a way. So, you know, even if you annihilate all encryption, you know, it doesn't mean that the bad guys aren't going to be able to create their own, you know, easily create their own encrypted you know service to use or something like that so it's it's encryption for the you know i do not say good people but the the non-nefarious people out there um isn't going to um you know make it easier for bad guys to have encryption i guess i could say it's it's always going to be an option for them out there right exactly Kind of leading into uh, a little bit lighter note, um, something that me and you have both talked about recently, um, uh, drones, uh, DJI has recently filed a uh, patent lawsuit against uh, unique, um, which is also uniquely spelled. Starting, uh, the drone industry's first major legal fight. DJI uh, DGI is the world's most successful consumer drone maker and has filed a lawsuit against the California, uh, in California, claiming unique has infringed on two of its patents. Uh, the claim enters, uh, the claim centers on systems and methods for, tar- uh, tracking or target tracking and interchangeable mounting platform. DGI has asked the court for an injection, uh, injective relief to halt, uh, the further sale. Of the infringing unique products and systems dji recently released its new phantom 4 drone uh, it's the first consumer drone with a robust sense and avoidance technology on board uh, unique was the first to show off this kind of technology uh, demonstrating at ces this year but has yet to make this drone available for sale in the uh, consumer market uh, intel is a major investor in unique and partnered with uh, it to develop sensory and avoidance technology that relies on intel's real sense cameras uh, the case marks the first legal battle uh, in the consumer drone uh consumer drone world uh but just like smartphones and other industries we've seen before this could just be the first uh first small skirmish in a very very long war um and I kind of like I said before I read the article there is is me and you have both been talking about drones and fun things uh 3d printers and and things like that recently so I was looking into them and um you know the the that's probably the biggest thing that the reviews I've seen with the uh the Phantom 4 is this avoidance technology and it's tracking technology, where instead of having to physically have a device on you where it tracks you, it just physically uses the camera to um, create a point of interest. Um, and that point of interest can move, it could be a car, or human, and follow you, and I guess that's kind of what they're um, looking for to uh, defend in this kind of case.
0: I am um, I'm on the Unique's website right now, Y-U-N-E-E-C.com. And I can tell you that compared to the DJI Phantom or the DJI lineup, the Unique drones are significantly intimidating. If somebody were to fly one at me, I would get the heck out of there. Um, and there, there are a couple of videos and there's their uh, uh, top of the line, the Tornado Uh, Six rotors and the landing platform actually folds up when it uh, when it takes off. So there's uh, there's some serious mechanics. And I was uh, looking up some other videos earlier um, at CES and uh, looks like they have a a very, very solid product from what they're showing. Um, I've flown a couple of uh, uh, low end DJI Phantoms and we know someone that actually has a pretty nice DJI Phantom. Um, they're really they're fantastic devices, uh, a little on the spendy side, but this is very, very interesting that all of a sudden now these two uh, companies are going head to head on the legal side to, to see who owns uh, what patent. Kind of reminds me of the Apple and uh, Android, you know, Apple and Samsung, actually not Apple and Android, Apple and Samsung battle where um they kept going back and forth, well, we've developed this. Well, you copied this from us. Well, no, you did this. Um but the one thing that I that I do hope is that what this will will not do is you know, slow down any of the the technology advancements and in, in all of the the drone technologies and they're gonna go, well, okay, we have the technology, we're not gonna launch it until we settle the lawsuit or or vice versa.
1: Yeah. And, and the, I think you get the nail on the head. There is, is I just hope it doesn't because the drone industry has just absolutely exploded in the last couple of years. And, um, I wish I had the article in front of me I actually had it up. and I closed it two minutes ago, but, um, it's, it's projected to be like one of the big, the consumer drone market is one of the biggest markets, um, in the world, let alone the U uh, S in the upcoming years. So, um, I just would hope that this is something that doesn't stifle, uh, stifle the, uh, stifle the, uh, productivity of these companies into, into advancement. And, um, the, the only thing I have to say about it is that, you know, all these other, there's a bunch of competitors out there that come out very similar price, very similar things, but DGI is kind of the iPhone version of, of drones where it, it just works. And it right. and it's and it's relatively easy to use for what it is. You know, drones aren't easy to fly. They're you have to be very safe, very careful. But of all of them, it's definitely the the easiest to use. And I think that's kind of where they have their their leverage edge in, in uh in this in this area.
0: And the other thing is with uh you know we we saw a similar revolution, if you want to call it that, uh, when the GoPro lineup. You know, hit the market. Everybody wanted a GoPro. the 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 images were fantastic. The videos were great. Um, they were functional, but then they kind of plateaued. But then, with the with the uh, uh, the drone series, one of the things that the GoPros didn't have is you actually had to have a person carrying the the camera. So your where you could take the camera, even though it would take fantastic images, where it had to be mounted on a person. Um, and with the with the drones, and especially the DJI line, they kind of took that from the from the GoPro lineup and then they actually added something similar. To actually, they, they do have, uh, some drones have GoPro cameras. They mounted it on a drone. Then now you can actually take that footage, take that level, the, the clarity, the quality of that footage, and you can actually extend it out from the person and then get a different vantage point um, and then, you know, all these other users came, uses came out. You know, you can fly it, uh, you know, for tracking things, for entertainment. And if you want to do like a small home movie, the, the, the vantage point is, is absolutely amazing. So, you know, like you said, hopefully they'll, they'll come up with a settlement. But, um, yeah, we, I want to see more stuff come out and I want to see the prices of these drones come down. So, um, you know, everybody, everybody needs a drone. That's, that's my take on it. Um the next story Tesla says Model 3 orders topped 10 billion in the first 36 hours. Tesla Motors said orders for its new Model 3 electric sedan topped 253,000 in the first 36 hours, a fast start for the company's first mass market vehicle, which may not begin to reach customers for another 18 months or more. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk tweeted on Friday that the Model 3, which is slated to go into production in late 2017, Will set in an average price of $42,000, including the price of options and additional features, which would give the initial flurry of orders an estimated retail value of $10.6 billion. The Model C and the Model 3 is capable of going 215 miles on a full charge. Some prospective buyers who placed early orders may have anticipated paying a lower price for the Model 3 after factoring in a $7,500 federal tax credit on electric cars. But that credit begins to phase out once manufacturers sell more than 200,000 EVs. Uh, mark that Tesla, at its current sales pace, is likely to surpass next year before the first Model 3 is delivered. That is just just mind blowing to me. Um, uh, again, Tesla is kind of the iPhones of the of the electric vehicles. But um, for people to actually spend that kind of money and go, hey, this this is a viable product. That's just absolutely. Just mind blowing and, and and crazy for me to think. And you're not going to get your product till sometime in 2017, um, hopefully. And if you know that's that that's hoping they don't have any delays.
1: Yeah, and the the main thing that I take from this is it just I think it just shows that this is this is a want and this is a need. I mean, we've had Priuses now for what 15 years or something like that. They came out in the early 2000s. Right. Um and and nothing really was sexy until the Tesla really came out. Nothing was really, you know, something you'd want to drive until the Teslas have come out. And and I think this goes to show that you know, not just providing the base level, here's what you can do, kind of thing, but actually, um, providing a um, I want to say a service, but a quality level above, like you said, the iPhone um, analogy is a greater one where you, you provide a quality that's above the rest, how much you can really drive people into <laughs> wanting to spend money on something like this. You know, we talk about $800 iPhones here. We're talking about, you know, thirty five to $45,000 cars. Um, the, the one interesting stat I saw that with these pre-orders, if this was said to be true, and if these were all shipped in 2017, um, if they do growth predictions, that would put it like the fourth highest sold car in the United States, um, which is pretty ridiculous when you think of, of an electric car, one single electric car being that I think it it would like be right underneath the right around like the Honda Civic is in the United States, which, which is pretty high. So that, that to me just kind of says, you know, a either this isn't going to happen. A lot of people are going to back out, you know, and it's going to fall back down to realistic numbers or, or B, this is just the, the leading edge of, of, uh, the way we're going to go here and and um maybe you know <laughs> the electric thing is is finally going to come to fruition which uh you know elon musk has been predicting for years and years and years
0: there's the one thing that i always um think of i i i, I often wonder if these electric cars are giving people a false sense of security that they're actually making uh, that much of, or well, let me let me rephrase that. They may be giving them a false sense of security that they're making more of um, an impact into the in, in, uh, an environmental impact than they actually are. Um, some of the people on the forums that I was uh, reading up are like, "Oh yeah, you know, I have an electric car. I'm completely off the grid." Well, actually, no. You're charging your electric car at home, a coal plant through a coal plant. So. Okay, maybe you're, you're, you're cutting down on it a little bit, but um, you're still relying on non-renewable energy. And the, and the whole premise of going with electric is to, is to kind of uh, migrate over from that. Um, and then, you know, there's people that say, well, there's a lot of real estate space on this car. I slap on a bunch of uh, solar cells on the roof. Well, it, it doesn't generate as, as much uh, energy as a car would need to, you know, for, its, for its daily use. Uh, Maybe the next gen would be on the, you know, the uh, model four or five, whatever, or model, model three version two would be, you know, they could use the heat that's generated from braking or or whatever it is, and then turn that around back into uh, a a different energy source and then, you know, store it back in a battery. Um, And the other thing I I feel like is that we need, uh, like you said, this, this is this article alone and, and what happened here alone shows that this is a a want and people are willing to pay the money people are willing to pay people are willing to get the product well if that's the case i, I think this is a, a, a fantastic point for tesla to go hey you know what we're going to take a chunk of that money and we're going to expand this infrastructure and then you know have charging stations or 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 companies that um you know employ people and say hey you know what you're you, where you park your car we're going to put 10 charging stations or 15 charging stations or whatever or have public charging stations or tie um, the parking meters with a charging station. so instead of it being you know 50 cents for every half hour now it's a dollar for every half hour but you can also charge your car at the same time. as long as the parking meter is is valid and there's money, it's charging your car. So I, I feel like we almost need to have two things. One, we need to have an infrastructure change. And, and two, um, I think we can, we can probably change the, the method of um, where, where we're trying to give people the, the sense that, yes, you're making a difference where we actually probably should make a, a little more of a difference. I'm not saying they are not. they're not. They're making a great difference. But I think we can go a little bit further.
1: Oh, i completely agree and and you know tesla the one thing that you know you look at the chevy volt you look at the prius you know they put out cars and and i don't think these companies as much as they want to are really into the whole green thing it's just a way for them to to make money it's a different avenue where tesla's is invest is investing some of that money into battery technology and into um you know solar technology and things with their, with their home cells and things like that so i think it is the one saving grace all this is is it is in i think being in tesla's hands is the right hands for this kind of thing to be in going forward um other than having it into a giant you know chevrolet or a, a toyota or somebody's hands like that that that's more about um you know get, i'm not saying Tesla's not out to make money but not out. that's not the first their first thing this is elon's dream and and i think you know uh, basic idea about electric cars is part of that dream. So I hope I hope that what you kind of alluded to is is going to happen.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. And I I don't I, I don't think I mentioned this to you. Um, there are companies that are popping up. My house is uh, converted over to solar. There is a solar farm in in the area that I'm tied into. So a a majority of my electricity is is coming in through that solar farm. And if for some reason the solar farm cannot produce the amount of energy that I need for my daily use, um, then the the normal uh, power grid will will automatically supplement it. I don't have to put any gear at my house. I don't have to do anything. I just have to sign a couple of pieces of paper, and my electric company and the the solar farm basically works with my electric company, and then they they settle it on the back end. Um, so stuff nice. like that. I mean, uh, you know, I remember the time back in the day, which is which isn't that long ago, where um, you know solar power was was so radical and so new and and so cutting edge that we had to put you know spend thousands of dollars put solar panels on your roof put a set of batteries in your utility room and then you know put a a a switch that would actually feed it back and it's it was a mess and then (laughs) the this just the cost of getting that system outweighed you know any kind of, of savings that you ever wanted to get so things are changing so Hopefully that's where it's going. But like you said, Elon Musk is—he's—he's he's after a dream, and—and and, you know, if anybody wants to do it, hes he, he
1: seems to be—he seems to be on the right path for it. Um, so uh, that kind of ends our discussion topic or our uh, our stories for the day. But our discussion, our deep dive topic, um, goes a little bit further into the uh, things that we're going to need lots of extra money to buy category, um and that, uh, that comes down to VR headsets. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of news this week. Um, so we're, we're kind of looped a whole bunch of stories into one, but, uh, um, when it comes down to it, um, you know, we, you basically have three, um, you know, maybe four main players in this VR category. Um, and, uh, the, the, the first is, is, is Microsoft with its HoloLens, which, which people are calling more of augmented reality. Um, and then you have Oculus with its rift and then you have, uh, the PlayStation. Um, with its, I just absolutely wouldn't rank and don't have it in front of me. Uh, but their their uh, VR system, which is set to come out this fall, Oculus is shipping now, and uh, Hololens they kind of are up in the up in the air for that. But it's uh, um, really interesting news that has, has come out on this stuff uh, this last week. Well, the PlayStation VR
0: is three ninety nine, so it's still in, in it, well same thing with the Oculus Rift. You know, they, they they're in the triple digits you know, halfway towards the, the quadruple digit mark. So they're, they're still new. Uh, so the cost factor there is, is certainly up there. Um, but like we talked about before we started the show, there's so many things that we can do with these. Um, one of the great things that, is, that this, uh, I, we read was StubHub is actually starting to use this. Um, and you know, anybody that's used StubHub, you know, you, you buy these tickets, but you, you don't know what your, your vantage point is going to be when you're sitting at any kind of any, any seat that you buy. It's like, oh, you're buying section 93, row five seats, 12 and 13. Where am I sitting? What is it going to look like? Well, guess what? Now you can actually pull it up on a VR headset. You can actually look and see what am I looking at? You know, what is my vantage point going to be? Um, and then, you know, you can, uh, they're, they're talking about holoportation where you can get an app and you can have 3D cameras. And uh, basically this show that we're doing, we can actually do it in your living room in, in 3D, scary as it may sound. Um, mm-hmm. So the the possibilities are, are just amazing. I mean, uh, it, just about any field that you wanted to, to look at. Um, so... But for example some of the some of the shows that we see on TV like on the, the CSI shows where they actually pull up a 3D body of a, of a corpse and they spin it around and see, okay what well, you can actually do that with these VR headsets now so you know what they actually showed uh, several years ago are now actually coming to, to fruition so it's it's just amazing to see where the technology's gone but like you said it's, even this one there's been a massive spike in in growth and and how fast these things are coming out?
1: Yeah, it's it's the interesting part is we we always heard about the Oculus at first, and that was they were kind of the first ones into the into a more consumerish model of, of VR without being a giant setup that you had to you know have some sort of support rig for and things like that. And and now, like you said, you have um, so many other players into it, but um, the the price points, as high as they are, don't seem that crazy to me when you really think about it i mean you're well, you're right when, when you think what's actually going into them um it's it's pretty crazy i mean if, if you take a really um outside point of view of it and you think about it as a display device let's say you you bought a um, i know i think they're selling the they have playstation bundles they sell the playstations and the um vr devices all together um and it's going to be you know, under a thousand dollars. Well, think if you had to buy a PlayStation Four plus a fifty-inch TV. You know what I mean? You're 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 kind of on the same level. It should probably be almost cheaper. Probably, um, and then the is cheaper, yeah. And the experience is actually so much better. So to realistically, when these prices are coming out sub five hundred, I was I was really really impressed. I mean, we've seen you know things like the the Hololens Development Kit being three thousand dollars and things like that. So you know that. You know the, the the initial mocked up ideas or the you know the thing, the non giant production is is quite expensive on this thing so. Um, the fact that they can get them down that cheap, you know, it seems like a lot, but it's just one, like I, I kind of said when we first started, it's one of those things where we have drones, we have 3D printers, we have um VR stuff, you know, instead of being uh, uh, $100 driving cars, self, yeah, $40,000 self driving, you know, electric cars, um, it, it just seems like everything you know is getting more and more expensive nowadays, but we're also really breaking through a bunch of boundaries that we we never even thought of before i mean video games back in the 80s were cool but that wasn't like you know groundbreaking wall it was just it was it was kind of a twist on something we already had where this stuff is like all brand new you know, brand new technology, so it's kind of an interesting time. But it's, like I said, it's going to really hurt our pocketbooks. <laughs> uh, yeah, right.
0: It's almost like I feel like they they cracked this nugget that they've been trying and trying and trying and trying for the longest time, and all of a sudden you crack it open and it opens up Pandora's box, and it's like, oh my god, now we can do this, 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 and well, this. think back
1: to the '90s when the when the uh, Nintendo had their um, Virtual Boy. I mean, that was the first oh, right, VR right. frame. And there hasn't been anything since then that's really like been a gaming thing, other than like the VR headsets and things from Samsung. So yeah, so no, Pandora's box is a, is a great example of of what's happened recently.
0: And then, um, kind of a twist in it: if you ordered an Oculus Rift, by the way, um, they're they're delayed. <laughs> so um, if you pre-ordered an Oculus Rift and haven't received it yet, you're probably wondering where it is. Worse, you're probably wondering when Oculus is going to give you an update whatsoever as to when you might be getting your headset. Uh, though you still might not have a shipping date, uh, Oculus executives have taken to the airwaves to confirm that Oculus is having some trouble fulfilling its pre-orders. All those who ordered a VR headset should also should have also received an apology email from Oculus and a bit of an explanation for the delay. In addition, Oculus is going to waive the shipping fees for anyone who had ordered an Oculus Rift through, um, end, through the end of April 1st. So a, another instance where it shows... People want this. People are willing to try it. So you know, there's there's tons of pre-orders, which is fantastic. Um, but you know, they can't they can't keep up with uh, keep up with demand.
1: Yeah, the, the the side story of this was the very first production model they had. Uh, Palmer Lucky actually physically hand delivered it to the the first. Um, yes, the I can remember in Alaska. Alaska? Yeah, he was in Alaska. I can't remember if he was a backer originally from the Kickstarter, or if he was one of the first people that actually purchased it when it was available. I can't remember which one it was, but either way, it's pretty cool. They showed up this guy's work, uh, but then they gave it to him like at like nine o'clock in the morning on a work day. So this poor guy had to sit and stare at an Oculus Rift for, a, right, yeah. for seven <laughs> hours until he could go home and use it. But but no, it just it just it just goes to show you know another. I think Oculus, you know, even though they're owned by the Facebook and everything, but another good company where they're willing to say hey we screwed up here we'll refund shipping and you know they go as far to deliver this it's just it's it, with all the bad things we have with companies nowadays it's good to see companies like them right. and, and, that and take ownership t- 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 for you know exactly that's that we've talked about that that have uh, you know staying above above grade with with this stuff and not and not just being a uh, scummy you know in it for the money, kind of thing. So,
0: all oh, right. And there was a there was a, a video of a of a, a Tesla customer. He was driving down the road. The the vehicle stopped working. Called Tesla. They said, "I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do. There's no override. You have to bring it in." So, uh, they had it towed to the Tesla factory. They gave him a rental. Long story short, they brought his car back, and he couldn't he couldn't recognize his own car when it came back. They had pretty much spit shined the thing inside and out. Uh, they had done the software upgrade and there was one ding um, on the side of his car. That was the only thing that they did not fix because that was not, you know, there was a, a customer issue. Um, but so, you know, just shows to go, you, if, if you buy a car from a regular dealership and even if it's under warranty, you take it in. The best they're going to do is wash a car and, you know, say, up. it's fixed. But Tesla just goes above and beyond and they 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 do what's extra, what's necessary, what, what what they can do to keep the customers happy. Um, you know, and uh, again, uh, you know, Oculus Rift going above and beyond and say, you know what? Yes, we made a mistake. Let's fix it. We're going to give you a kickback. So stuff like that is
1: what actually keeps people coming back, you know, customer service exactly It's just and going back to the whole vr movement thing it's 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 gonna be a very exciting year um you know uh, the oculus is out now but most of the stuff is gonna be coming to this fall i think i think 2017 is kind of going to be the the year of vr we've said that for the last three years now but i think start that's kinda, saving now yeah start saving now um and and by that time you'll have second generations and and things evened out and and right. the, the problem right now is the content isn't there you know it, it is but it isn't so you know until people get their hands on it and figure out how we're going to use this stuff um that's when it'll really really start uh, start taking off so be interesting to see going forward
0: well i think we've kind of uh covered everything we wanted to cover uh for today yep <laughs> so uh yeah. a big thank you to purple planet for providing the music for our show check them out at purple-planet.com um, also, a very special thank you to you for for watching. And, and if you're listening to us on our uh, on iTunes or on our website, uh, thank you very much. Uh, make sure to subscribe button down here. Um, and also, you can find us on iTunes. Like I said, www.wifioptional.com is our website. We are also at Wi-Fi Optional, if you're on Twitter. Um, from everybody here in the Wi-Fi Optional studios, which includes myself and Jason. <laughs> Um, thank you very much. Ooh, that was kind of loud. Uh, thank you very much for another show. Uh, we'll see you again next week. It's bye for me and me as well. Have a good week.